0: Three grown men who care way more than they should Glenn Clark Glenn, no way I'm sorry, Aaron Did Alicia Fox call you the man beast? AJ Francis And of course,
1: everyone boos Roman Reigns Even though he puts on the best match of the night
2: Aaron Oster Guys, look, There's that one time Aaron Aaron
1: You're the worst. You are the worst. This is jobbing out.
3: What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up?
0: What's up, what's up, what's up? All right, welcome in. It is, oh gosh, you know, I, I normally do a silly thing here at the beginning of the show, but I, I don't I don't want to because I'll just tell you, it's episode number a billion. I don't know. I, I'm not doing this silly bit at the beginning of the show because we just it's just a very sad week for the jobbing Out family this week, and there's just no way of getting around that. So um, we're going to address it right at the top of the show. I'm Glenn. He's Aaron Oster from the Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone. Um, and we don't have AJ with us right now, and I don't know if we're going to have AJ with us at any point of today's show, and the reason for that, unfortunately, is because um, AJ's mother passed away this week, and it was very unexpected, and I, I, I just can't even imagine um, going through something like that right now, and so A, A, we told AJ if at some point, you know, and I think AJ would even like to to jump in at some point, um, yeah. if he can, just to to, to, to share some thoughts and to tell everybody about his mom, but, um, obviously this, this was very sudden and they're dealing with the realities of something like that right now. And so, um, if we hear from AJ, that'd be great. If not, you know, we, I, I don't know what else to say, Aaron. I thought some prayers. It's always such a tough thing. Exactly. Like you hate saying that because it just sounds so empty and mm-hmm. it's always very difficult, right? Like when, when you go through something, you don't know how to feel. So when somebody else is going through something, you certainly don't know how to feel for them. Um. So obviously our hearts are with AJ and his sister and uh, their family and just everything that they're going through. Uh, as much as we beat each other up on this show, uh, clearly we come from a place of love and um, we couldn't love those those folks anymore. And um, just a heart wrenching week for our family here on Jobbing Out.
2: Yeah, I mean, when when I saw the news yesterday, you know, obviously, first thing I did was reach out to him. And, uh, you know, I saw he posted it on Twitter, both on his uh, Twitter and the the jobbing out. So I'm sure most of you listening did did see that news beforehand. And uh, I only got to meet his mom once uh, at his wedding, actually. And, you know, so I don't know her very well but uh, yeah I mean it's terrible for him and, and you know I didn't go quite through this but you know a few few months back I lost my grandmother and you know again same situation I would have loved to be on the show just to get things but it's crazy if you haven't been through it you know awesome for you <laughs> I'm really happy for you if you've never gone through anything like this before but yeah it, it's a crazy time and um, you know ho- hopefully uh, we will get to hear from him sometime during the show All
0: right. Well, that's that's what's going on uh, with the jobbing out family and again uh, uh, we love AJ we love his family and Just awful, awful news this week. It's very difficult to move on from something like that, uh, but that's what we do. Obviously, we're just going to do the show this week, and uh, whenever we talk to AJ, we will uh, just let him share his uh, emotions and his thoughts right now. Now, uh, all that being said, we will have a a show this week, a lot to talk about later on in the program. Looking forward to chatting with Johnny Defiance. Um, you may know him <laughs> from one of his many names from his years in professional wrestling. Perhaps as John Morrison, or maybe as Johnny Nitro, or as John Hennigan, or Johnny Impact, or Johnny Mundo? Johnny Mundo, right, of course. God, Johnny Mundo, no doubt. There Johnny be- Eighth, there's he had so many different
2: people forget that before he was Johnny Nitro, he went through like a, a stretch for like every week for a different uh for like a month. He would come out to a different name trying to impress Eric Bischoff. So he's gone through like 50 different names. It's great. No doubt,
0: man. No doubt about that. But yes, the uh, the great John Hannigan or John Morrison. But because he's coming to Defy and our friends out in the Pacific Northwest, we're going to call him Johnny Defiance this time around because that's what he's going with. But uh, we will chat with a pro wrestling veteran legend at this point, someone who has done just about everything there is to do in the world. Recently married, too. Oh, and he married. Uh, oh, tell me who it is. I know who. Taya. He is. Taya. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, so, Looked like a
2: very fun wedding, based on the pictures from that. Yeah, I saw some we'll of those. We'll definitely yeah. ask about that. No doubt about
0: that. So we will. Uh, we will talk to Johnny a little bit later on in the program. Let's start this week with um, getting to RAW and uh, dealing with everything from that. Uh, Aaron, this is the thing. I know that that to you there's a different headline, but I think that I cannot believe that. In a shorter pay-per-view cycle, right? There are two more Raw's between now and the next pay-per-view. Yep. What's the main event for Raw on Extreme Rules? Um, If I...
2: Boy, see, it could go two to three different ways because they've kind of set up two distinct kind of main event storylines. One is, you know, what's going on with Braun and Kevin Owens and Roman and the other that's going on with Roman and Seth and Drew and Dolph. So it's going to be some variation of one of those two storylines, but I have no idea what. But
0: you know what? The main event, we know what the concept is. It's some match that's going to involve multiple people to become the number one contender. No, we
2: don't know that. No, we We don't know. No, no, we distinctly do not know that because of what Kurt Angle said this week. In storyline, we don't know that. uh, Okay. Kurt Kurt said the match is off. Kurt said that matches off. The number one contender matches off. That's what he said this week.
0: Okay, fine. Then if you want to say that, then we know know nothing. We know even less than we thought we did. Right. We know nothing with two Raws left before pay-per-view. We know nothing about what's going on there. Zero. How does that make any sense at all? Remember, the last (laughs) time through, our complaint was... Well, they set everything up so quickly and they had four Raws left to get through. Right. Maybe they listened to that so much and said, well, now we're not going to set anything up. Exactly. If the problem is that we set it up too quickly. We're not going to bother setting it up at all. I don't <laughs> – I I, I I get that, like, the idea is you want to tune in every week because there, there could be something announced. We could learn something. But, like, at some point we actually have to learn something. Right. At some point we actually have to find something out. There has to be purpose Right now, it just sort of continues to be this dance that makes you wonder if if they're flying by the seat of their pants, if there's something that they were waiting on, perhaps not knowing about, say, Dean Ambrose or something like that, right? Like that. Are Is there a reason why they haven't made a decision about what they're doing on the raw side of things for Extreme Rules?
2: It definitely feels to me like something in creative changed. I don't know what that something is. It could be Dean Ambrose. It could be... We decided to change our mind on someone. We don't know who that somebody is. You know, I don't you know, I don't think Brock cares who he faces. You know, some people are, t- are taking this storyline so literally and they're like, well, Brock's calling a power play here and wants to change his opponent or something. I don't buy that. There's no reason to believe that right now. Though I guess if you want to say it's a possibility, sure, it's a possibility that that's out there. Something in creative seemed to change because they were heading seemed very clearly towards uh, Roman, and Lashley. You know, whether they included other people, they might have included other people, but it seemed very clearly they were heading towards those two, and then they inserted Roman into the the main or not the main event picture, but the main event match, the Intercontinental title picture, so I don't know exactly where you go from there unless you're just trying to attach Roman to Seth to bring Seth into that main event number one contender oh, right. and that's-, that's the thing that would make sense to me is that you're trying to you're using that to bring seth into that picture so all of a sudden we're looking towards potentially going forward especially if this number one contender matches off at extreme rules and it's actually not that we're just going to say coming out of extreme rules okay it's a fatal four-way at SummerSlam with lesnar roman seth and lashley
0: uh okay that's awful. I mean I'm just, right. I just I'm not I'm not saying it's yeah, good
2: but I'm saying right now if you told me gun to my head what's the main event of SummerSlam or what's the title match at SummerSlam that's what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, I and if that's the case look I my gut is right now I would say no I don't think that's what it is but part of that the reason why I'm saying that's not what it is is because oh my god how little sense does that make? Like that, it just couldn't make less sense to try to build to that at SummerSlam there was when I painted the picture of the triple threat it was an easy picture to paint right like you could get there without it was very easy it was very logical and it being a triple threat didn't take the argument against having multi-man matches that it takes away from a 1v1 match when you're talking about Roman Reigns Braun Strowman and Brock Lesnar and all of the work that you had done it made all the sense in the world now, you could tell me, hey, we're still talking about something that's two months away. Within the span of two months, you could paint a very logical picture for why you have to have a um, a fatal four-way match. I, this is Brock Lesnar that we're talking about. You're never going to sell me on why Brock Lesnar should be in a fatal four-way match ever. Why should he ever be in that sort of situation? The point of having a pay-per-view between Money in the Bank and... SummerSlam should be if you're not going to have your champion there to determine who's going to face your champion at your major pay-per-view. That should be the reason why this pay-per-view exists. Otherwise, why are you having any matches at all on this pay-per-view? If you're not going to use this pay-per-view to determine who your number one contender is, then you might as well just continue doing Roman Reigns versus Samoa Joe for no reason whatsoever in the main event of every pay-per-view and not <laughs> stop caring that nobody gives an S about it. I, I, it's pointless. Have a number one contenders match. Do that, come out of this pay-per-view knowing who it is that's going to face Brock Lesnar, be done with it so that this has a point, so this has a reason that this event is occurring because Lord knows the extreme rules part of it doesn't matter and doesn't mean shit anymore. So the purpose of this pay-per-view should be for for any reason to be to determine who is going to be your number one contender for what you're still trying to convince people is the second biggest event of the year.
2: I, I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. I'm just trying to connect the dots, because you're right. It doesn't make sense. It seemed, if nothing else, you had a, a very clear number one contender match set up between Lashley and Roman. Whether or not people wanted it...
0: Well, you know, I, don't, I don't know that that
2: was clear. I did still think that the picture was messy. I thought- if you if you wanted to include like Kevin Owens in right. there too as well, but like the, the big feud was Lashley and Roman. That's what they've been setting up. That's what both of the past two weeks have right. started with, Lashley and Roman. They were telling you, these are our two big guys. These are our most credible threats to Brock. Again, whether or not we bought it, that's the story they were telling, was that these were the two guys who could possibly beat Brock, and that's where this is heading. One of those two guys, maybe both of these guys, are going to face Brock. Now it's definitely muddled because, especially because you included. I I don't know why Roman's necessarily involved in the Intercontinental title picture, unless not that he's going to go after the Intercontinental title, but in that storyline. Other than obviously Seth needs somebody, but you could have done that in different weeks. Like you didn't need him to show up and be in two different storylines, two different high-profile storylines. At the same time, very, very weird.
0: I, I mean, I, I just don't get it. I just – I don't get what they're doing. And again, I know there's still two weeks before we get to the pay-per-view, but that's two weeks. That's it. That's it to try to paint this picture, and it makes no sense. And yes, it feels like something has shifted, that there's a reason why we don't have a clear picture right now, and I am interested in knowing what that is. But it,
2: I, I do wonder if part of this is they, for whatever reason, they want to – had chaos being the storyline. They want to make things messy, whether it's they want to continue to paint Brock as the heel in this situation. So whoever ends up getting there gets cheered over him because, you know, they're they're setting up Brock as the reason for this chaos. Brock is the reason that he's, you know, the C- angle did the whole promo about the, it was contract issues. that means we can't have the match, blah 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 blah, blah. but
0: none of that it, it just doesn't make any sense. I, 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 i'm I'm not
2: saying it It's not there to take but I'm the trying heat. to figure out why. Why doesn't it make sense? Like, what's going on? Why are they... Even if something shifted, there's no reason to have the entire scenario. Again, we know nothing other than we assume that Seth and Dolph is going to happen at the pay-per-view because that makes the most sense.
0: I don't know. Drew McIntyre is pretty involved with that, too. Yeah,
2: Drew and... If you tell me, Roman's involved, too. If we don't have the number one contender match, then all of a sudden it turns into that tag match. That's very plausible. But... It's all very strange right now. Why you're painting this just pure chaos scenario? I assume Braun's facing Owens at this point. I, I guess. I guess. I yeah. I guess. But then what are you doing with Lashley after if if Roman's involved there? Like it, it's
0: very strange. Uh, very very strange. It's all been vi- I, dude. It's been really really weird. Um. All right. So so that's what's going on at the top. And again, the answer is we don't know what's going on at the top. Elsewhere, we finally get the uh, the moment. We finally get a turn. We've been waiting for it. Well, and waiting. Did we get a turn? Well, we did. I mean, we did. We, we got... got a
2: character change. I don't know we got a turn.
0: Okay. You still think that somehow Bailey's the face in all of this?
2: I mean, they they painted the picture that for the past five months, Sasha's been screwing with her. And that finally she was going to say, you know, as she was doing it, you had the announcer saying, "Oh, look, you know, Bailey's finally snapped. Bailey's finally had enough of it. They didn't say, "Oh my God, how could Bailey be doing this?" Uh, okay, they didn't really paint a picture that Bailey was
0: the bad guy in that situation. they certainly didn't do anything to make it seem okay if you're you're basing it off of that, I will hear your argument for it, but it's still not how a face would behave that there's no you don't come Ronda out attacked. did a lot the week before. What's that?
2: Rhonda did the same thing the week before. She started but beating the Rhonda, crap out of
0: Kurt Angle and people Rhonda who not Rhonda had far be more direct justification for it. My,
2: there wasn't direct justification for
0: this? For this? You're saying you're basing it off of what's happened for weeks. But there's Once, no world yes. in which. It's not as if Sasha has Sasha attacked her. It's not as if Sasha, Sasha has. shoved her last week. Sasha tried to That's reconcile it. and
2: shove her away That's and left
0: her. That's it. That's all. You don't have her costing her a chance at a championship. You don't have anything like that. All you have is they haven't really gotten Kurt along. Kurt Angle didn't cost Ronda the chance at a championship. His Kurt Angle was if, collateral if you, damage in that situation, and you know it. I mean, like, you, okay. you know it. Ronda was pissed off that she had her championship opportunity taken away from her. This is just two friends that haven't gotten along with each other that's all this is there's no direct you took something from me and I'm angry about that
2: I'll I'll, I'll I'll say this if that's a heel turn for Bailey it's a botched heel turn because they're first of all
0: Sasha's not sympathetic in any way other than the fact that she got her ass kicked but what, like, that's that's the only way that either of them is sympathetic you can't tell okay. me that in some way that that's that that Bailey's sympathetic
2: well and, and that I'm not saying she's – I mean, again, I can say that she got dicked over five months, including getting opportunities cost. Sasha did cost her opportunities for going back, you know, through this whole storyline. I get that, you know, we're supposed to have short-term memories here. But, yeah, this – I'm not going to say started because it had been but built they, for two months. She didn't. But back at sc- Elimination Chamber, she got screwed over. Like, Sasha had been attacking her and leaving her out to dry and doing all of these things. Like, this was – there's a reason that – the pop happened the way it happened, and it wasn't just that it was a heel turn. No, that sometimes, pops yes.
0: happen all the time on turns. You find, it it you've does been waiting happen for sometimes, but it was forever. also
2: that we were saying, "God, when is Bailey going to finally stop being stupid and finally do something about it?"
0: Go back to Elimination Chamber. Remind me what the circumstances were.
2: Oh, you know, it was Sasha was like, "Okay, let's work together. Let's work together. Let's work together." I'm going to deck you right here. Granted, it was in the match. But so an, right, it's al- yeah, I mean, but it was. It was. You were clearly selling the "I'm going to help you out here" and then I'm going to screw you over. Like, that that was the picture. So yeah, she that, was helping Bailey get pulled right, up not, and then not, you know, you,
0: dropped her like scar. If that's supposed to, yeah, you're not going to sell me on that. It's an okay, elimination but that was the cha- Only one person can win. Well, we're
2: talking about going through months now of usually Sasha being the aggressor in this.
0: Yeah, it's still not going to work for me. It's still not going to work for me in trying to convince I, me that I, I'll, Sasha I'll say, Banks like, is somehow You can't convince
2: heal. me that, going for, that if you put Sasha and Bailey out there right now, that Sasha's getting the cheers and Bailey's getting the booze.
0: Well, Bailey was getting booze months ago. I don't I understand under- that. I oh, don't. I'm not
2: saying you didn't need a character change. This was needed. Whether or not it's a heel turn, this was needed. Uh, okay. They then- botched the whole white white meat baby face thing. This was absolutely needed. I just don't know that it's a heel turn.
0: Okay, if you want to sell me that you don't think it's a few fine, I'll listen to that. What I would say is I think they've screwed this up wholly because they tried to push it off for a couple of months. Well, yes. Because one hundred percent they they screwed up, they laid something out, and then instead of just doing what they should have done, which is have a one on one match at WrestleMania when these things should happen, when you're supposed to do these things, when you're supposed to have big blow off moments, instead of getting it right, they pushed it off because they wanted to squeeze other things onto WrestleMania. Again, fine. That's what it is, whatever. But what happens in that process is now you no longer have a target. Now you no longer have something that you're moving towards. You're just continuing to kind of kick the ball down the road. So now if you don't want this to be a heel turn, you're asking someone to remember what happened in Elimination Chamber. Well, I don't remember what happened in Elimination changer, Chamber because I don't really remember what happened on Raw last week. Well you're, hold on but this wasn't just elimination chamber like Sasha walked out on matches with her Sasha
2: was saying how much she hate basically right before the, the picture match had she was had saying been how painted, much she didn't want a team with Bailey and she like Bailey anymore, as, even though Bailey wants to reconcile the situation but all that that like, had
0: painted a picture of was awkwardness not dickishness not you. I this don't know if over. That,
2: that. I mean, that's a dick. to say, you know, if we're supposed to say, oh, this is her best friend that she's attacking brutally. heel, then we have to paint the picture of. Yeah, they were best friends like Sasha has been rebuffing every attempt by Bailey to patch it up like
0: the, Sasha- she has no obligation to do that. That's fine, but then don't then why does Bailey have an obligation not to kick her ass? Right. Then at some point if you wanted it to look this way, you should have had Sasha attack Bailey. You should have Sasha be the one to attack Bailey and have Bailey fight back then. That's the way that you do that. You don't do this by having oh, I, I don't, I don't disagree Bailey with come that. out do and I? attack Sasha because then the only sympathy I now have is for the person who got attacked. That I how can I look at that situation and say, Yeah, you know what? That was really justified for Sasha to get attacked because she simply just didn't want to be friends with Bailey anymore. Let's, I mean, first of all, you say not attack. Like, what? Who was who attacked
2: first last week? I, I honestly I don't remember. But I, like they fought last week, they, backstage.
0: They had a little was, brawl. But it was more of an awkward. It was more of a this started because Sasha didn't want to befriend Bailey in the ring type of thing, right? Like it wasn't a a I'm going after you in a horseshit type of way. That's what we got this week. I don't. I, I. just. I just don't. You know. Again, I, I. think the
2: problem is less that I don't know if Bailey wasn't. I. I. First of all, I think there was more. bit ba- you could do if you. If this is a heel turn, then I think you set it up differently. I think you set it up where Sasha does want to, and Bailey's the one who attacks. Like I. Bailey's the one who who defies Sasha. There. I don't think you set it up the other way where, Sa- Bailey gets rebuffed over and over again, and you had very clear reasons why. Oh look. Bailey's finally snapping. That Bailey has had enough. Like, these are the lines that are being used here. It's not, oh, my God, how could Bailey do this? It's, oh, look at Bailey finally getting tired of being pushed around. Like, that's what they are painting. I, Those are the direct words they're, they are
0: painting. Okay, again, with the announcers, the storyline situation did not paint that well enough. And, again, part of that because the time lapse in between. They did not do a good enough job of continuing a storyline that Sasha needed to get her comeuppance. That was not painted well. They painted that Sasha was pursuing things herself, that she was trying to get things accomplished, and that, yes, there was an awkwardness between the two of them. And for a while, that was a 50-50 awkwardness. There was a both parties are sort of guilty in this, that Bailey was reluctant at times, Sasha was reluctant, that there were things that had gotten frosty between the two of them. Coming out of it to just say well now, obviously Bailey was doing the thing where she just gives Sasha her comeuppance. Doesn't work. It doesn't I, work. I agree with you, but I'm agree with you that it's messy.
2: And that's why we're having this conversation because it's so messy that we don't know. Like, Sasha is not a face right now. She's just not. Like I, I, she hasn't been acting like a face. She's not sympathetic in any way. We were going through this kind of assuming that Sasha was going because of the way that it was starting to play out as messy as it's been that it was leaning more towards Sasha being the heel if we had to you know before last week and say okay these two are heading towards a feud. Who's the heel in the situation? It was probably Sasha. It's it's completely messy, and that's the problem with this. And I don't know if it was just completely bosh, or if they're going for the again intentionally messy thing. Sometimes they like to do it, where it's just like, okay, pick who you like. Yeah, which is, but that it doesn't, never works dumb. out. Well.
0: Yeah, that's so dumb.
2: That's just, I agree with you. I agree with you. But I'm worried that that's why we're having this conversation right
0: I now. I think the problem that I have is that this comes on the heels of the the Nia, the way that they've screwed with a not with Nia, right? Like, that, <laughs> oh,
2: are we for- are we gonna? to talk about her her turning again but
0: this is like I it's not hard like this should not be this hard to figure out face heel face heel right like it it just should not be that hard it should be the underlying thing that always exists in pro wrestling that you should always know who's a face who's a heel and I get it there will always be times where that has to be awkward because the work that you've done to paint someone as a face for whatever reason, the crowd just doesn't give you that reaction, right, i.e., this is where uh, A.J. would be flipping Uh, out about Roman Reigns, right? And he's not wrong about this. They did work. As bad as things were for a minute with Roman Reigns, there was no logical reason why Roman Reigns should have been booed in storyline. In storyline, right. that didn't make sense. You deal with that sometimes, but there's no reason why you should screw it up. There's no reason— Right, that's reason- the thing. If, if the fans want to mess around with it, but there should always be on paper, okay, this person's
2: the face, this person's the heel, right. at least in the feud. If you want—there can be tweeners, but then once the tweeners enter a feud, there needs to be that dynamic. A tweener, when he's facing a heel— Plays the face. A tweener, when they're facing a face, p- plays the heel. It's when you're in the feud, there should be written down there, who's the face, who's the heel. And if you need to tweak things because of fan reaction, you go ahead. But you need to have a plan, and I'm worried that they aren't.
0: Okay, and I I have I think you have every right to have such worries. I think you have every right to have that. I don't think that that's misguided in any way. And this should have been as simple as when the, the, the point – the target that you should have always been getting to with this should have been, if you wanted it to be that Sasha was the heel, should have always been Bailey gets a match. She's going to become the number one contender for the women's championship, and she asks Sasha to have her back. Perhaps because say that match is against, you know, um, Riot the squad. Riot, squad. Riot right, squad, right? Exactly. It's back against Ruby Riot, right? It's Bailey versus Ruby Riot, and she goes to Sasha and says, "Hey." I, I know things have been awkward between us, but this is my chance, and, and I, you're my friend, and I love you, and I, I need you to have my back for this. Sasha says, I'd rather not, but then comes out anyway and ends up attacking Bayley and costing her the match. Now you've done it. It's the yeah. easiest thing in the world. It and then, then Bayley can be snap
2: the next week and beat Correct. the
0: crap out of her. And, and Sasha deserves the comeuppance at that point. Yes. that's the easiest it's it should be so easy to tell that story that literally you shouldn't be allowed to be anywhere near professional wrestling if you can't do that Um, pretty much i don't know why we're in this point all right i think i might have a surprise guest for us by the way so what else do we need to cover and it's related to smackdown is all i'll tell you um what else do we need to cover from raw before we get to that
2: um obviously naya for the Third time in four months is changing uh oriented You know, yeah, back I mean, to I, a I don't clear even know, face. I don't
0: know what to make of that. It's so insane what they've done there. I, I, I guess they felt the need to get Ronda Rousey into the picture somehow, and that was the only way they could. I, it was so awful. What they did there was so unthinkably awful. And how, how again, anyone? This, but this always goes back. They, they've not known what to do with Nia Jax from day one, and right. I, I boy, <laughs> the. I think it does speak to a bigger picture that we've addressed in the last couple weeks. It could not look worse the transition from NXT to the main roster the last year and a half. After what have been really good at the beginning of this, right? Like there have right. been a lot of success stories. The last year and a half has been really, really tough of things that work so well at NXT. And again, I get it. There's there's reasons why things might work better in NXT and money is not as important at the NXT level as it is right. on the main roster. But the number of failures and how to figure out the way things work going from NXT to the main roster—it's that that column is just getting bigger and bigger on the yep. failure side. It's unbelievable.
2: It, it's completely ridiculous. Yeah. Um, no, I have very little else to say about it. Right? It was weird how so many matches were almost like direct repeats of the week before, or you know, almost direct but, but repeats but this, with one slight variation. Like the segments, especially for the first like hour, hour and a half were pretty much identical, so bizarre. When you have no, but, uh, no purposeful yeah.
0: direction going towards, yeah. it's, it's very, very difficult. Yep. Alright, um, I think we're gonna be joined by a great special guest in our next segment, and we're gonna All talk right. about SmackDown. So, okay. that's on the way. I'm Glenn, he's Aaron, this is Jobbing Out. <laughs>
2: The latest edition of Pressbox is available now, and it's a very special double issue celebrating Ray Lewis's journey to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. We spoke to the friends, family members, and former teammates and coaches who knew him best to tell the story of the path to his induction into Canton this summer. Pressbox is available for free at over 500 locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. You can also find the entire edition, which includes all 52 interviews with those closest to Ray at PressBoxOnline.com.
0: back in here for segment number two of jobbing out glenn clark aaron oster from baltimore sun and rolling stone of course no aj unfortunately and we continue to think about aj and his family right now and what they're going through but uh aaron i get to surprise you with something and i couldn't be more excited about it because oh man what could it be we've got a great guest joining us now here on jobbing out and it's very timely Aaron, oh, oh oh do I get to guess? Um, no? I, you know what? I, sure if I told you that we had a, a timely guest because of what happened this week on SmackDown. Is it Dr. Shelby? Joining us now here on Jobbing oh Out God. is Dr. Shelby. <laughs> How's uh, it going? Doctor, it's so good to talk to you. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this week.
1: Absolutely. I'm happy to do it. <laughs> oh, man. This is
0: awesome. Doctor, when you saw uh, what occurred this week and the reunion between Daniel Bryan and Kane, knowing everything that you've been through with these guys over the years, what was your reaction to the moment?
1: Um, just pure joy. <laughs> really. You know nothing makes me happier than to see the two of them and then to see the two of them hug and to see the two of them take on everything that i taught them
0: oh man doctor the 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 work obviously these two guys came from a a really difficult place and i'm i'm sure right. in, in your years of of dealing with relationships. Um, you've had to deal with a lot of difficult things, but has anyone made more progress, do you think, that you've ever worked with than Kane and Daniel Bryan as far as relationships are concerned?
1: Um, I I don't know that it's possible to make more progress than Kane and Daniel Bryan, because if you think about it this way, one of them started out an angry little goat man, and one of them was from one of the circles of hell. So coming that kind of distance, you're just not going to top it.
2: I mean, you must have over the past, you know, year or so, King had seemed to fall back into his ways. He tried to kill Prawn with a trash compactor. So what was it like to see him, you know, kind of come back, A, at that moment, and then come back and then finally embrace your teachings?
1: It's it's really nice. It's really nice to see him set down the trash compactor and give somebody (laughs) a hug.
0: Let me introduce you all to Michael Aspinwall, who joins us here Hi. on Shopping
2: <laughs> oh, oh, I thought we were going to do the whole thing like that. Oh,
0: I would love to, but I have so much I want to talk to Michael about, about being Dr. Shelby, so I, I couldn't yeah. possibly allow it to continue for the entire time. Michael is such a good sport. I reached out to him about doing this, and he was totally cool about coming on as Dr. Shelby and talking to us as Dr. Shelby, but I really appreciate him doing this Michael first of all, thank you for taking the time for us this week It, it means a great oh, deal
1: absolutely I'm happy
0: to um can you can you tell me as a guy so your background is you're like a lot of people you you got you got into acting and you were you know working for gigs right like you're looking yep. for anything you can get. How did they come about um did, did you know just take me through everything how you became dr shelby
1: um, i um I auditioned for it. Um, it wasn't the reason that I really got it was because um, my background as an actor is in improv and sketch comedy. Um, and so they weren't 100 percent sure what they wanted. And so they brought in improv actors. Who could uh, kind of bring something to the table. And so they had me improvise my audition Um And then they figured out that because of my background in sketch comedy that um, I'm a very quick study and um, I can move through things very quickly, uh, which is kind of why they fell in love with me. (laughs) Um, They're like, oh, great. Can you do this? Like, how fast can you uh, how fast can you do this? And I was like, I can do it right now. And they were like, really? And I was like, yeah, man. And they were like, this is awesome. Uh, So. I don't think that anyone expected um Dr. Shelby to be um as big a hit as, as he was. Uh I certainly didn't. <laughs> um but it worked out that way. And so I just kept going with it and having a great time working on the show. Were it was you awesome.
0: were you a wrestling fan at all? Like- yeah <laughs> Not since I was a kid. Yeah.
1: Um yeah, I had like when I was like when I was like nine or ten, I used to watch the show and and I loved it. But um, uh, yeah, I mean, I was how old was I? Thirty-two when I when I got that gig. So I hadn't watched it in years, you know.
2: So you basically had no idea, especially when it, you might have known Kane, but not Dan, definitely
0: not Daniel Bryan,
2: when you uh, did the all. job. Not at all.
0: Nope. So so. Did you know what the character was? Like, did you have a feel for what you were trying to do with Dr. Shelby and sort of being the straight man in this situation?
1: Um, no, I knew they wanted um I knew they wanted a character who was um, a little dumb <laughs> and a little bit too happy-go-lucky. and um, and then uh, they figured out that it was really funny when I got upset. And so they were they added that element of like an anger management counselor who lost his cool all the time because <laughs> um, they, they just loved it when I got upset. So they're like, let's find reasons for you to do that. And it didn't take much. It was like, uh, how about the reason is Dr. Phil? And I was like,
2: fine, I can get upset about that.
1: <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, that's what it was. That's so great, man. So,
2: so your, your background's in improv. How much of that was improv, and how much of it was scripted out, all the, the segments?
1: Um, I would say, um, depending on who was writing and producing the segment, probably about 50-50. Wow. Um, they would, um, like, certain times, like, I had to say certain things to, like, advance whatever it was, uh, that was going on, um. But other times they were like, mm, something close to
0: this. Hmm. And I was like, okay. I mean, obviously it worked, right? Keep going with it. At that yeah. point, he's yeah. Michael Aspinwall, Dr. Shelby. He joins us here on uh, jobbing out. Uh, Michael, this is—I think—the bummer is like it was—it was working so well, and the character would seem to be perfect for so much of what happens in the WWE. How about this week? They're
2: sending Bailey to anger well, management.
0: Well, that was, Are you going to show up?
2: Yeah.
1: Um, I don't know what they're going to do with Bailey um, i hope I hope they give me a call <laughs> um,
0: we'll see so let me be clear the, the twitter the doctor Shelby twitter account that's is that you who's actually running it it is yeah so so you're offering your services to to yeah I, I, um, a friend of
1: mine sent me the segment uh, from Monday Night Raw and so I retweeted it and um that I would help, so we'll see if they take me up on it.
0: I would think that you would be the perfect person to handle this. I would think that it would make a lot of sense. <laughs> right, Dude, how much do you get, like, because again, we talk about this, It was it was a few appearances, but it worked so well, and with two very popular figures in pro wrestling, from someone who wasn't in the pro wrestling world, like, how much do you deal with people who recognize you as Dr. Shelby, and have you had... I don't know. Independent wrestling companies offer to bring you in to do an event or something like that, as Doctor Shelby.
1: Um, I haven't had independent companies reach out to me, but um, funny story: uh, when I was on the show, I was a—I was also a full-time public high school teacher. Really, really. Uh huh. <laughs> uh-huh. So I taught high school, and um, I did the I. Did the first episodes, the first two, um, and they aired, uh, they actually aired in August, and I know that because it was the first day of school. So <laughs> I met all my students, and then they came in on Tuesday with their phones having taken pictures of their TV, and they're like, is this you? Be honest. And I was like, Ooh, oh, oh, hello. Uh, hmm, okay. Uh, so yeah, there is a little bit of me getting recognized, especially because of my day job. Oh. Uh, I still work, I still work at the school. I'm not teaching anymore, but, um, yeah. Please
0: tell that me you're sure. an anger
2: management counselor at the school. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm
1: an, <in> yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh.
2: Well, what, what, what was your reaction when, when, uh, your students came up? Did they, like, how did they react to it besides just showing you and being like, wait a second, I recognize you. I was,
1: I was so caught on my heels because I was like, I, I very much treated it like, oh, I got a job. I did my job. Okay, cool, that's done with. And um, I don't know why I didn't do the like a for the forward thinking math of like oh, people are going to see this. A lot <laughs> of people. Like I didn't even think about that. So I was like, oh, oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. oh. And I really didn't know what to say to them. I was like, yeah, that's me. And they were like, I knew it. I told my mom it was my teacher. <laughs> I was like, oh, God, what was your house like last night? That's crazy. Wait,
0: I'm going to presume that you're like, in the the school knew that you were doing it. Like, you didn't have to go into like have it, you didn't get called into the principal's office or something like that, did you? Um,
1: it was funny because um, they taped the segments in advance. So the school did not know I was on summer vacation and so I just had the time. I didn't have to report to anyone. So I went in, uh, did, I did the gig like I was supposed to. And then school started on a Monday and I went to school and did my job. And then Tuesday, uh, is when everything started coming out. (laughs) Um, and then I had to go talk to my principal (laughs) and I'm lucky enough to work for one of the greatest guys ever. And he was like, I think it's awesome. Every time they call you, you should always do the show. Which oh they did. wow, wow! That's
0: so That's cool. That's great. That's so cool, man. That that worked out for you. Now, the, I guess the bummer is that it didn't just keep going, right? Like that, it, it it was working so well. Yeah. Like it seems Shocked. like it seems like it it should have been able to last, kind of for. This should have been a six month, twelve month, who knows how long type of thing.
1: Yeah, um, and and they did bring me on a lot, um, and they were trying to find like. Um, it just basically um wanted to find a balance between like um because a lot of the writers got so excited about my character and they were like, Oh, we could do this and we could do this and we could do this And then um the question became like how much of the show is uh Dr. Shelby helping people and how much of the show is actually Because it's a wrestling show. They're like, oh yeah, that's probably yeah,
2: we should we should do more wrestling.
1: Which I, don't I don't know. Monday really Night understand. Dr.
2: Shelby has a nice read to
0: it. I'm all for it. I'm so all in on a Dr. Shelby show every every week. I'm so <laughs> signing up for that.
2: Well, seriously, especially because the, the, you ended in 2013. I, I can't even imagine Correct. if the network had existed then. Like, you probably would have had your own show on the
0: network. Yeah. I all right. would love that. If they told you, we want you back, but mm-hmm. we might need you to do – some more physical things every now and then like there might be a little bit more getting your butt kicked by you know the the people that are involved with this what would your reaction be to that
1: oh my god i do it really oh, man. oh yeah
0: i don't know that sounds fun i mean it sounds like <laughs> a good gig but it also sounds like it would kind of suck because you're not a professional wrestler <laughs>
3: um
1: it wouldn't be the first time I've learned to do strange things, so I'd just be like, "Okay, uh, teach me how to take a punch from somebody the size of me." Great. Wait, like that? what strange
2: okay. things have you done?
1: Um, as soon as I said that, I was like, "He's going to ask me to name yeah. I have no idea what I mean right now.
2: Um,
1: uh, no. Um, well, I did the bit in the ring. Uh. I did the bit in the ring, uh, during the graduation episode, right?
0: Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep.
1: Um, and I don't know, I know that half of it was live on TV and half of it was live on the app. So I don't know if you guys saw the entire segment.
0: No, I probably not. No. Yeah. Okay. So, uh,
1: they graduated in the ring, everybody hugs. Um, and then TV went to commercial and then we went live on the app, um, which is the part that I had to rehearse and learn um i mean i had the the whole thing but whatever uh so what happened on the app was uh cody Rhodes and damien sandow come into the ring and disrupt um all of the joy (laughs) and um i had to push damien through a table oh wow oh wow and uh uh-huh and um they were like do you know how to do that and being a good acting student that I was, I was like, "Yes, I know stage combat." And so <laughs> I I fake pushed him, and it was like a record scratch during rehearsal. And they were like, "What are you doing?" And I was like, "I'm doing my best stage combat. Thank you very much." And they're like, "No, push him through a table." And I was like, "Oh, for real?" And they're like, "Yeah." I was like, "Oh, sorry. Okay, sorry. I didn't throw you through the table the first time, large man. Um, I will try again." Oh man, that's so. so <laughs> but yeah, that that is a real story.
0: Oh, it's so great, dude. That have is... you,
2: Have Have you been in, stayed in touch with any of these guys, whether it's the front office guys or the wrestlers, like anyone you dealt with then?
1: Um, I actually um, I've gone to um some of the shows when they're local. Um, I live in Los Angeles. And so um, I have friends from the show who, um, like uh, like Kane and Daniel, who uh, will shoot me an email like when they're going to be in town, and then I'll go sit backstage and watch the show with them just to like catch up. Uh, We used to have um, it's funny because I was talking about this just the other day. Like uh, Daniel Bryan and I used to sit on set and trade movie quotes all day dude he's one (laughs) of the funniest people i've ever met and then when i would sit with kane he would he and i would have the best most intellectual discussions about american history because he's one of the smartest people ever and he just knows everything about everything and i was fascinated to talk to him so whenever i get to see them um it's
0: really cool that's awesome oh my god that you got paid money to just sit around and, and do movie quotes with daniel bryan my god i sure that, did what a, i sure did that does not <laughs> suck man that is really no, really good you know the thing that's cool about that too is it, it reflects that they were really into it as well right like that it reflects that you know this wasn't something they were being forced to do like that they were like hey man i'm a professional wrestler let me just go wrestle like It seems like they really dug what you guys were doing and and the acting part of it and and these segments as well
1: oh absolutely the three of us had the best time um i will tell you a quick story about um so it was october and we were shooting in albany new york um the stuff at the diner
0: yeah yeah Um, Uh uh-huh
1: okay Uh, so that was at a diner in albany where Daniel Bryan threw up all over me. Um, (laughs) And uh, we were sitting there in between things, and uh, Kane looked at me. Uh, The only reason it's important that it's October is because of what he said. He was like, you know, when I first started doing this, it was was wrestling, and it was like, you know, jumping off of things and, and throwing people into the throwing people into the ropes and, and taking hits and all that kind of stuff. And he was like, if you had told me at the beginning of my career that um, the most popular segments would be about three dudes who hugged and the middle <laughs> rope was pink for breast cancer awareness, I would have never believed you.
2: <laughs> and I that is like, kind of amazing when you put right? it that it way. It is amazing.
1: It <laughs> is amazing. But I also think it speaks to like um, the fact that the show is – It is progressive and it is aware of itself. It's aware of what's going on and they want to support things, you know, like breast cancer awareness and stuff like that. You know, Um, that was one of my favorite parts about working on the show was like all of the other things that go on backstage and how wonderful the organization is um, to take care of things like the Make-A-Wish Foundation and to take care of things like um, we're going to bring some breast cancer survivors backstage and we'd love for everybody to line up and meet them. Absolutely. I would love to do that. Yeah, you know? Yeah, no it's doubt. Really cool.
0: No doubt, man. That's awesome. All right. Uh, Michael Aspenwall, Dr. Shelby. What can we plug for you, yeah. man? What are what are you up to these days? Like what what can we have oh, people uh, social media? Can we have people following you? Just give me anything that sure we can you, plug for you.
1: Um, you can follow Doctor Shelby on Twitter. Um, hopefully we can drum up enough energy that I can uh help Bailey <laughs> in the coming week. That would be really fun. Um, yeah, uh, and then I'm always, like, I'm doing my own shows, and uh, I've been uh, a part of several pilots this uh, this past year, so um, if any of them start to get
0: picked up, then um, great. Dude, wrestling fans will be absolutely behind anything, any vehicle <laughs> that you're Thank working you. on. I can tell you that for sure. So it's at Dr. Shelby Tweets on Twitter is the account, yeah. and it's, it's tremendous um michael seriously man thank you for doing this like this is a Absolutely, lot of fun no problem. it's you, such a pleasure you have no idea and and i think i speak for every wrestling fan ever when we say we are hoping for the exact same thing we want more dr shelby in our lives i want this
2: i want the network show yeah i
0: want the dr shelby network show
2: it, it dude you and
1: me both i would love the network show
0: you killed you Bring killed in this role may it may it continue for you and may you continue to find success in everything that you do man thank you again well, thank you so much. Uh, this would be where you say thank you.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's a pretty good surprise right there. Yep. You don't yeah. get
0: those every day. You don't get those every day. Uh, awesome stuff. Michael Aspenwaller, <laughs> Dr. So Shelby. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, luckily, you know, this is the only good thing that came from uh, the Orioles being terrible this year is I've actually been watching Raw and SmackDown Live more frequently <laughs> um, because Lord knows I don't have to watch the Orioles games at all. Uh, so like when these things happen, I have a little bit more time to think about it and say, Oh, you know what I should do? I should reach out and try to get Dr. Shelby on the show tomorrow. There we go. And Thankfully, not only was he willing to do it, but he was super cool about it and said I could introduce him as Dr. Shelby. And then, um, I was just a good dude, really good dude. And seriously, how great is Dr. Shelby? Like that's not even, sh- oh, sometimes we, um, we have guests on and we got to like pretend like we're really excited yeah. about it. And like, we're big fans sometimes it's just super genuine and oh, holy we're, shit we're,
2: we're not in the same studio so you couldn't see my face when i heard like yes it is dr shelby yep.
0: biggest grin ever dude i mean he was so good the dr <laughs> shelby character was so perfect um the more i think about it i can't believe they didn't do more with it and it's, it's really
2: weird and the the funny thing as much as you know i want to see him involved with Bailey just because it's dr shelby back like as far as storyline goes, it would probably be really bad to include him because that would turn into a comedy storyline. Probably. Oh, you mean the Bailey Sasha
0: thing? Yeah, I hear you. Yeah,
2: but but I want him back in some role. I want him to get that network show. Like, oh my god. Maybe not in that one feud.
0: It makes he perfect. Be used in so many different that's what I'm things. saying. It makes perfect sense for him to be available semi regularly. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it does, even if it's not an every week thing, but considering all of, it's the nature of professional yeah. wrestling. To have relationship issues Relationship anger management Just, just have him, you know kind of
2: devolve into a, a General uh, psychiatrist no So doubt. when someone has a break on air which happens What every two months correct you just go To them for one episode
0: Oh my god oh he's the best man He is the best so that was really cool glad that uh, Michael Aspinwall was able to do that and uh, Hope we see more of Dr. Shelby in the future all right. Now, with that being said, yes, the biggest news from SmackDown this week. I got to give credit to uh, Brandon from Ramsed, who had been blowing up my phone all week about it. He was certain that what uh, Daniel Bryan had laid out oh, last I, week. I, I
2: had tweeted about that last week. All right, then I'll the give show. credit
0: to you as well. I did not yep. see that, but uh, credit to both of you um, for calling this. I got. I also don't know if I, if I didn't pay attention enough to it, um, but it's it's awesome. It's tremendous. Again, you you hope that this is sort of a one-time thing, and then it's back to Daniel Bryan yeah. com- competing. And that's the thing. I, that's why it's perfect to me, because it's the perfect
2: thing. You get the huge pop there on SmackDown. You get the, you know, maybe not the SmackDown, movie, but one of the profile matches for SmackDown on Extreme Rules. Kane takes the pin, and it doesn't hurt anybody, because t- Kane's taking the pin, right. and then you move on.
0: And, again, like you're in a tough spot right now where... You kind of credibly had the Bludgeon brothers r- run through everybody, so like, right. you kind of needed somebody to step in. Uh, I've heard the argument. I know that uh, you guys have talked about the possibility of Sanity being the team that maybe ultimately could do it, and you know, I'm I'm for that. But that's really quick to try to throw it, them in. Yeah, it, w- it wouldn't it wouldn't be now. Right. So I think this is great. I honestly think this is tremendous. Yeah. Everything about it. But yes, after this, Daniel Bryan needs to have more direction. Based on his interactions with The Miz, do you feel more like they're going to try to point him towards The Miz at SummerSlam?
2: You know, I would have thought—my my two thoughts. My my thought before SmackDown started was, oh, it's going to be Kane. Like, that makes all the sense in the world. I almost thought for a second there that they might try to do Daniel Bryan and Miz versus the Bludgeon Brothers when it looked like Bludgeon Brothers were going to beat up Miz. Right. And I thought that would have actually been a real—you know, if you're heading towards Daniel Bryan and Miz, that would have been a good way to go because then you have Miz obviously cost Daniel Bryan uh, the match and everything. Um— you still can. You you're you know, you're keeping them very much entwined with right, one another. They're right. doing that deliberately. Yep. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Um, and that, it's I, what, I think the only question is is it at SummerSlam or the, right. is it like early in the fall? Do you do it at I don't even know what the September pay per view is? Is it uh, Remember last year the Septem-
0: remember last year the September pay per view was WrestleMania, if you remember correctly. They made it effing Mania because they put the biggest matches they could possibly put uh together on that show.
2: Right. That, like, but I, I think if you that forget that was that was at... the Brock
0: Lesnar, Braun Strowman, and uh, John Cena, Roman Reigns card. Right. Last year well, it was. Let me, let me what is this? Uh, September. September.
2: Hell, in, Hell in a Cell is in September.
0: That's the this year. That's the yeah.
2: Okay. It is Hell in a Cell? You want to have Daniel Bryan and Miz in Hell in a Cell? I do. But isn't isn't Hell in a Cell supposed to be blow off? Right. Like, it never isn't... is though. So ah, if you're if true. it's not going to be blow offs, give me Daniel Bryan and Miz. Ah. You've been setting it up for
0: years. I hear you. I hear you. All right, but, let's. No, touch, you're right. Yeah.
2: I, it, it, naturally, I'm not inclined for
0: that. But. Let's, let's touch on a couple other things from SmackDown. Um, obviously, James Ellsworth is great. We all know that. And interesting. We've talked about. we talked a lot about intergender stuff recently. This is the comedic version of the intergender matches that they're going to do, but they're going to give him a match with Asuka next week. Uh, yay or nay from you on this?
2: You know, I. Uh I got no problem with it. It like you said, it's going to be the comedic styling, but don't think it's not important. I think the way the crowd receives it, the way that you hear the reception to it is going to have a big impact going forward on the potential future of intergender matches. If this gets, you know, wild reaction, if they don't hear any blowback, they're going to be more open to doing this in the future. You're going to see, you know, building more towards Charlotte and or Ronda getting involved in a in, in intergender matches. If there's any blowback, well, then, you know, they might put the uh, the brakes on a little bit. So this is going to be a really interesting test run, and it's a perfect person to do it. Obviously, Ellsworth can – can. God, I hope he just takes the pin. They don't try to have him, you know, right. even if there's all sorts of nonsense, have him pin Asuka. Yeah, that, like, that would I be – I think a, that's important.
0: Yeah, that would be a bad look. I do agree with that in any way. It would be a really bad look. Um, look, I do think it's Im- – I, I think what you're referring to is if if this is received – credibly even as a comedic match yeah um it goes a long way to getting towards what we were talking about a week ago with where what you might be able to do with ronda rousey and their willingness to do some of those things with ronda rousey that you're sort of laying the groundwork now at a much lower level for what you might be more willing to do at the top of the card in the future so um i get that and then what what else do we need to cut cover from this week on Smackdown? I feel like there was something well, else.
2: Yeah, there there was one weird bit where we were expecting Jeff Hardy versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we didn't get it and we didn't know why at first. And then it comes out that the night before at the show when uh Shinsuke was going through security or whatever, one of the police dogs bit him.
0: Yeah. That's I mean weird. first of all, that <laughs> sucks, right? Like my yeah. god, that sucks. Second of all, like, aren't these supposed? Aren't police dogs supposed to be police dogs? Cause they're not gonna bite anybody. Like, right. Exactly. <laughs> isn't that the way that's supposed to go? Uh, I imagine that's not the end of that. I imagine that there will be issues coming from that, like legally. Uh, I don't think that just goes away. Like, ah, gosh darn it, I got bit. Well. It happens. Like, I don't think I mean, that's luckily how that ends. it
2: seems like he's more or less fine. Yeah, they just you know, they I don't know if it drew blood or I mean, imagine if it's a police dog and he did it viciously. Yeah, right? probably did And they just don't right. want to, you know, mess around with it right now. Yeah. But uh, yeah. That, yeah, that's just one of the weirder injuries that uh, we've heard
0: recently. No doubt about that. No doubt. All right, when we come back in, John Morrison or Johnny Mundo or Johnny Impact or, for the sake of this conversation, Johnny Defiance is going to join us next. I'm Glenn, he's Aaron. This is Jobbing Out. Respect. It's more than a word. In the U.S. Army, it is one of our core values. Earned through selfless service to our nation and making a difference both at home and abroad. On the Army team, respect is earned daily. And now in addition to earning respect, you may earn up to $40,000 in bonuses if you qualify. To learn more, visit GoArmy.com bonus or call 1-800-USA-ARMY, paid for by the US Army. Back in here for segment number three of Jobbing Out. Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster from the Baltimore Sun, and Rolling Stone. Joined now by a man who I genuinely believe has accomplished just about everything there is to accomplish in the world of pro wrestling. He's a man of many names on top of that. You perhaps know him as, say, Johnny Mundo, or Johnny Nitro, or Johnny Impact, or John Morrison... But for our sake, because what we're excited about is that he is going to be at Defy on Friday, July 13th for Defy Loud. We now welcome to the program Mr. Johnny Defiance here on Jobbing Out. Johnny, it's Glenn and Aaron. It's so good to talk to you, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning
4: great to be on and uh, in my first official interview with Johnny Defiance.
0: I yeah, right, right. Okay, so do, <laughs> yeah. do, do you sometimes forget all of the names that you have? Like do you sometimes say, "Oh, you know what? I do remember. I did, or somebody reminds you of one, you're like, "I did go by that once, didn't I?"
4: Um, forget specifically which names that I've I've gone by, no, but there's definitely um times where I've had that uh <laughs> That rock and roll uh, moment where you, you wake up you're like oh man what city am I in? I'm walking into a building I'm like oh crap what's my name here? No,
0: <laughs> Wait have you ever okay honestly have you ever screwed it up? Because like we make mistakes on, on air all the time right? Like I just I just said good morning when we're actually taping this in the afternoon but I think I don't know what I was doing there. Like have you ever had one where you've been somewhere and you've been cutting a promo and you realized oh my god I just used the wrong name.
4: No, but because uh, I usually don't refer to myself by name that much in promos. Okay. Usually I'm talking about the, uh, the other guy. And actually, like lately, I've started doing that more purposefully, leaving the names out, because the names are just confusing everybody. Um, <laughs> if there was like, a sort of branding test in pro wrestling, I definitely would have failed at it. It probably would have been cleaner for me to just have one name and stick to it my whole career. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, you talk about the, the whirlwind schedule you've had. You've been everywhere. You're wrestling for every company, it seems like. You just got married. You also just did another pretty big show. I don't know if we're allowed to talk about that at all. But uh, what, what have these past yeah, few months been like, like for
4: 37. you? I um, was uh that was that was crazy. It's, it was, uh, I mean, getting back from that, getting married. I just got back from a tour of Australia. Um, whirlwind is a, is a good way to describe my schedule lately. <laughs> um, it's uh, it, sometimes, Sometimes I like it that way. Sometimes you uh, you're going from city to city and you're doing all these different things, and it's a good way to stay focused on the thing that you're there to do. And a lot of the stuff in the periphery of your life, you can easily just let go of. When um, I've noticed, when there's been times when I've had more downtime in my life and I've been doing less, all at the same time, it's easy to get distracted <laughs> and go down life's various rabbit holes. <laughs> uh, when you're uh, when you're this busy, it's uh, it's easy to to know that hey like I better hit the gym if I'm gonna be in Seattle on July 13th wrestling in my underwear in front of a arena full <laughs> four people
0: <laughs> well
4: wait it's, it's easy to stay focused on um, being my best for that on that day
0: but did, did you have to put anything back on after you did Survivor because like I feel like that's typically the bit is that people are supposed to look famished on Survivor right like did you have to go back you to the gym
4: look, it's not even, you're supposed to look famished you do look famished okay like, a ton of weight yeah like um I, I, I hadn't wrestled in a long time so um since getting back from that, I, I put on most of the weight. Yeah.
0: Okay. What? What was? Where were you at? And what did you drop down to after doing that? Um, You know, I don't know. Like, uh, I don't know specifically how much we're supposed. <laughs> we supposed to talk. Fair, about fair, right? It might show. give away how long you were on the show. I do get that. I do get right. that concept. Fair enough. But you're saying it's it's real. Like you had to go through a thing where you had to actually like readjust your body after going through that experience.
4: Yeah, I mean, you're like uh, you're literally starving on an island. <laughs>
2: Well, and then you- oh yeah, you have a wedding right after that.
4: Yeah, and, and there, was, uh, there was two things. A it was the, the wedding was probably the best day of my life. Um, when I when I got back from the show, uh, Kira wrestling name Taya, <laughs> everyone's got names in wrestling. <laughs> um, was a uh, so happy to have me back. I was happy to be home, and um, right away, like the it's like a, after that initial like a wave of happiness went by, she was like, okay we got to finish this wedding planning because we <laughs> the wedding is coming up real quick and she's done everything that she could do by herself without my help but there's a few people that that I wanted to invite that um, had, had moved and didn't get the invitations she didn't have the number so I had to go through my uh, all the people that I invited and make sure that they got their, their invitations and such
0: well other than that you know it's just been a, a really easy year for you it's just been a really you know <laughs> you it's could really use does, <laughs> you know <laughs> uh johnny defiance is with us here on jobbing out again johnny's gonna be out at defy on friday july 13th for defy loud you can get your tickets at DefyWrestling.com. i know you were out in seattle for the movie um and you did a lot of stuff out there did you get to do anything did you did you do anything with the defy event at all
4: um the uh, the reason i was out there was primarily for the defy event okay um so we did the, the, the screening in Seattle last year, and um, that was set up by the, the guys at Defy. They helped me um, orchestrate and work that whole thing logistically. And um, the uh, Defy event was uh, the day after the, uh, the screening. That
0: okay, came. so you know like, just how unbelievable everything has been with Defy, like just how insane this promotion has been that appeared out of nowhere and has really become one of the most amazing promotions in all of professional wrestling right now
4: yeah and Barnum one of my favorite places to uh to wrestle is for Defy this is gonna be the third time that I've uh, that I'm gonna be there and um I'm, I'm looking forward to it I'm uh looking forward to taking Randy Myers to Slamtown um <laughs> the guy that I, I forget what he likes to call himself but something he calls himself the sexiest or the uh corporal sexy or something like that <laughs> <laughs> um I saw a bunch of tweets from him calling me out for not being as sexy as him and um I guess we'll, we'll have to see on July 13th. Uh, why do I want to say it's like um, the Sultan of Sexy? Exactly, uh, what was that?
0: It's the, of, uh, the Shaman of Sexy, right? Is that what it is?
4: It's, it's the Shaman of Sexy, although the Shaman of Sexy is not a I do
0: lady. like that too, right? Yeah. Don't, that that don't, sounds don't, like a good line Don't as squeeze well. the Shaman of Sexy, obviously. Everybody knows right, that.
4: because the Shaman the is ultra-stronger. It <laughs> <laughs> should
0: also be ultra-soft. On that. <laughs> John, what, what, um, what haven't you done? like honest this is the I look at somebody like you and my god you've done everything what could possibly be on John Morrison's bucket list as far as wrestling is concerned anyway
4: well let's see uh, I guess there's a couple of things I've uh I've never been to Wrestle Kingdom um I've never wrestled Randy Myers
0: <laughs> <laughs> well look at that <laughs>
4: amazing and um I mean, I don't think uh, you can look at uh or whatever as uh, everything being really accomplishment oriented. But um, one of the things that I took away from being on Survivor was there's a lot of stuff that goes on in the periphery, and like everyone, especially these days, is pouring a lot of energy outward on things like social media. But if you if you turn inward and think about what makes you happy and what makes your inner circle happy, your your friends and family. Um, It's not necessarily things or accomplishments that are left on my bucket list. It's um, what I'm doing with the time that I have and who I'm spending the time with. And for wrestling, that means telling the best stories that I'm capable of telling in front of the best places, which is why we're talking about Defy on July 13th, because the energy at those Defy shows and people that are running those shows are the type of people I want to spend my time with and the type of crowds that I want to be performing in front of.
2: That, that's just great. And and you talk about telling stories, and you are in so many different companies. How tough is it to, that you have to tell a different style in, in a different way in, let's say, Defy versus, obviously, Lucha Underground versus Impact? Just how, how much do you have to kind of keep in mind that you have to do something totally different in uh, each company that you're in? Well...
4: Um, yeah it's difficult but it's also interesting it's uh, it's kind of fun for me because I'm, sometimes I walk out and uh, I'm a fan favorite sometimes I walk out and um, I got an arena full of people especially in Mexico <laughs> calling me a cuero or uh, <laughs> an asshole I guess is what it means and um, I think that the way wrestling is now where, I mean I can wrestle like, Australia, last week, it can be on uh, Luch Underground, on um, Impact Wrestling, it can wrestle for Defy, can go to Mexico and wrestle down there, and everyone's these places, I mean, my name is different, obviously, we've talked about that, but the uh, the way that the people view me is different, and that's what is more meaningful to me than just the, the name, because that means, like, my whole persona, the way that I interact with people, changes. Um, and it's tricky, yeah, it requires more thought, yeah, but it's also... Fun, you know and I think that's like the, the whole thing that I was just talking about with telling these different types of stories is the way that the crowd interacts with the people in the ring is what makes wrestling wrestling and when you're constantly changing not a hundred percent because everyone intrinsically is themselves when they're performing uh, but changing the, the way that the crowd perceives you from city to city promotion to promotion or even country to country it, it requires you to think a lot and change the stories that you're telling. But, uh, yeah, I think that's fun. I think that's why I'm still doing it and so interested in wrestling right now.
0: There's been this weird kind of movement in the last couple of years where all of these other promotions, like, there's no exclusivity anymore. Like, everybody's just really okay with, with you working for pretty much as many companies as you want to work for, as you can get dates with, things like that. How much has that kind of changed um, this era of of wrestling and – would you even want to go back to a place in your life now where if somebody said to you, hey, John, we're going to offer you a pretty good amount of money, but it's going to have to be exclusive. You're just going to have to work for us. Is that something that you'd even be interested in at this point?
4: Um, I think the internet has had a a big effect on wrestling as well is that like this current era of everybody being encouraged and encouraged but definitely not discouraged from working from other places. And um, it really has been good for people like me uh professional wrestlers who really give it 100% every time they get out there for the crowd because what you do um is is seen from city to city but also lives on the internet it's almost like anything you do these days is like out there online on YouTube or something somewhere forever um I like that
0: (laughs) yeah yeah
4: but I'd be interested in going back to some place exclusively you know I don't know it would depend like uh not really like uh it doesn't seem like it would be a good like a thing right now to limit um, opportunities, but uh, with every every time you go somewhere with uh signing a deal of exclusivity if that opened other doors and um, options to tell stories in other formats in other places, then I don't know, that's a that's a tricky question. It's always tough to answer questions like this because everything's so open. It?
0: I hear you. No, I hear you, man. Yep. Like, yeah, right? Like, you're not going to say, no, no chance in hell I'd ever do that again. And then tomorrow you're like, yeah, but I didn't know somebody wanted to offer me $6 million to do that. So. <laughs> <laughs>
4: That's the famous, like, famous last words of a wrestler. Like, never never say never in wrestling. It's always, it's, as soon as you do it, like then the, the next day you get the full call and you're like, oh, well.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, I want to go back to the bucket list thing for one second. Is there a performer that you haven't worked with that like you'd really love that opportunity for that one performer still
4: um you know there's a couple of guys in Japan like I'd say uh Okada um yeah. Ibushi, uh Tanahashi Kenny Omega guys like that I've never worked with there's also guys in the WWE um let's see uh Vince Devitt uh, mm-hmm. Rollins is up there
0: by the way, we're signing up for Thank all you. of these. I, I don't yeah. know. I don't know how we make it happen, but all of these sounds pretty effing good to us.
4: We do. That's why. <laughs> that's why we're this stuff. Huh? <laughs> no I mean, I call, like all uh, like that's the cool thing about wrestling, which is uh, these these worlds colliding. Um, that uh, I mean, who knows if any of these matches could happen? I hope so. But um, it's, uh, it's it's always tough to pick your one favorite thing. I always get that question a lot. Like. Uh, What's your, your favorite song ever? Or If you could listen to one song, yeah, only one, what would it be? And, um, there's so many good wrestlers right now, it's hard to say just one thing.
0: I hear you, man. I hear you.
2: I, I got to ask, you talk about wanting to do different things and, and things differently, and I'm the resident Lucha Underground nerd on this show. I got to ask, you, know, you were one of the real focal points of Lucha Underground when it started, and, and you still are today. When they approached you about that project, what appealed to you, and was it anything what you expected?
4: Um, when I first got approached for Lucha Underground, I don't know if you guys know it or not, but there's a lot of people that talk about starting wrestling promotions. Sure. And um, yeah. I got a call from Chris Joseph, and um, he said that I, he was starting a wrestling promotion. <laughs> he didn't say those He didn't use those words, but he said he was uh, starting up the beginning of a wrestling promotion. And um, would I be interested? I said yes, and um, we had a little conversation. We, we hung up the phone that day, and I thought, like, well, that'd be cool, but that's probably not happening. Nine <laughs> heads out of time that never works out. Uh, maybe six months later, I kind of got a call from him and he gave me more information about it. Um, he was going to be working with Mark Burnett and Robert Rodriguez. The studying for is It's called The Underground. It's going to be part wrestling, and um, they're going to film it cinematically. They're going to do scripted storytelling and fill it with coverage in the, in the way of the movie all this stuff sounds great and again I'm like that sounds like perfect that's amazing I would love to do that but we hang up the phone and again I'm like, well that's probably not going to happen right. <laughs> then uh, a couple months later again after that like he called and said uh, it's happening yeah uh, check my dates and um, he asked me if I wanted to come check out the studio. And I did, I went down to the the temple, what would become the temple downtown and checked the place out. And um, a lot of what uh, we talked about that day is uh, what you see on Lucha Underground. And I I think that's what made it uh, so special, is those people from the beginning had this this vision of cinematic storytelling and filming Lucha in a Robert Rodriguez-esque type of way gritty grindhouse type style and they did it they they didn't they didn't waver and they really went like they went big you know like there's there's dragons there's people getting murdered on the ground there's there's supernatural elements and um, they went big with their vision and uh, they went big with their production so the two things supported each other and they, they have this unique product now at the end of it and I think a lot of people fall short when they're trying to do that. And um, it's, uh, sometimes the vision falls short, sometimes the production falls short, and the execution falls short. And if you don't have all those things, then then you have uh, the product that's lacking. And where Lucha Underground really uh, hit the home run, I think, was pulling off all those things together and, and ending up with what you see on TV now.
0: Uh, it's it's special it's definitely uh, it is far mm-hmm. different than anything else that you can see in the world of professional wrestling there's no doubt about that alright uh, John Morrison again Defy Loud Friday July 13th in Seattle get your tickets right now at defywrestling.com John what can we plug for you man uh, social media t-shirts anything like that
4: um, you can follow me on Twitter at Morrison you can follow me on Instagram at John Hennigan or uh, on my Facebook page John Morrison I guess it's the one with the blue check I think they still do it on Facebook Yeah, and if you follow me on social media you'll probably see me still posting about my movie Boo the Bounty Hunter which is out now on Netflix and um, you can watch me on gender Ground every Wednesday night on the LA Network and I'm returning to Impact Wrestling at Slam Slammiversary on July 22nd and then I'll be on Thursday nights after that
0: you didn't get the, you're not back on this season of uh, Glow by Chance too, are you? no man that's no, a bummer Yeah, no, they really blew
4: that
0: one up <laughs> <laughs> oh man that sucks that's a real bummer but that, that, obviously I'm sure that was a cool experience as well um, yeah that was amazing John dude seriously great talking to you man thank you for taking the time for us can't wait to see you out in Seattle for Defy and uh, look forward to doing this again down the road alright thank you so much good having me guys awesome great stuff appreciate uh, Johnny Defiance John Morrison mm-hmm. joining us uh, here on uh, Jobbing Out and Um, He's going
2: to go by Johnny Survivor at some point. I mean, he's going to have
0: to, right? Like, he's going to have to. Yeah, that was credit to him because I wasn't even thinking about that. Like, I wasn't even asking for Survivor reasons. I really was just asking from, like, a wrestling perspective. You know, it's got to suck to, like, lose weight and then have to put it back on as you're a wrestler. But uh, he's like, yeah, if I tell you. Like, if if he tells me that, like, he lost 25 pounds, we're going to have a pretty good idea that he was on the show for a little while. Right, exactly, yeah. I mean,
2: he's he's definitely – I've heard that they are really big with the – NDAs, so...
0: Really? Well, oh, right. I... Oh,
2: they're really... I've heard they're super strict about that with Survivor. Well, I get it, right? So,
0: like, anything yeah. that gets out there. I mean, the people bet on Survivor, so... Oh, yeah. You know.
2: I now, just granted, never... there Look, there are sites like Reality Steve or whatever that, like, dedicate themselves to finding spoilers oh, for it for based Christ on, like, sake. social media stuff. Ugh. Like, when do they get back on social media?
0: My that God. That sort of thing, but... My God. Yeah. You think wrestling fans are nerds. Jesus. Exactly. All right, dude, um, let's wrap up. I wanted to do this. Uh, Best in the World is happening in our backyard on Friday night. We're going to be there at the UMBC Events Center on Friday night for the big Ring of Honor event. Very much looking forward to it, and I wanted to give it a little bit more time for sort of a full preview. Uh, So, Aaron, take us through, for people that are going or just planning on watching it on pay-per-view, what should we be expecting from Best in the World on Friday night?
2: Um. This is a really good show. Like, there there are times when we've hyped up Ring of Honor shows and, and, you know, they haven't necessarily been the best. This is a very, very good show. This might be one of the best Ring of Honor pay-per-views top to bottom in quite a while, at least on paper. I mean, your, your lead-off match right now, the one at the very bottom of the page, is Kenny King versus Austin Aries. Like, just that. You got Austin Aries on the card facing a world-class talent in Kenny King. That's not bad. You got Jay Lethal versus Kushida in a singles match. Got Bully Ray versus Flip Gordon, which should be fun, and and then the title matches are just completely ridiculous. Adam Page versus Punishment Martinez. Who, if you haven't been paying attention over the past year, we've had both of these guys on in the past. Yeah. But over the past year, both of these guys have really come into their own, both in ring and out of the ring. Uh, Punishment Martinez just won the TV title a couple weekends ago, um, so he's defending. You got the we teased it a little bit last week. We got the uh, the six man tag as the Kingdom takes on uh, Lij. Of uh, Evil Sonata and Bushi, uh, the Briscoes defend the tag titles against the Young Bucks.
0: That's pretty yeah. good. That's pretty yeah. good, dude.
2: Not that, and oh yeah, there's a triple threat for the world title: Dalton Castle, Cody, and Marty Skrull.
0: That's that's all. Uh, oh, that sounds pretty good to me. All oh, that yeah. sounds really really good to me. Um, I I don't know, man. Th- I I want to be careful about how I say this. In talking to Joe Coff, I got the sense that this is really a big night for them that the move to a bigger venue the i say big night they're they're going to be committed to baltimore no matter what they just built the dojo in baltimore right like right. sinclair's based in baltimore Bring of honor is going to be based in baltimore they're going to be involved with baltimore but i think it's a big night for them to have a good crowd to have a good looking production yeah um it's, it's kind of... It's the sort of a new
2: era for them. Yeah. I think this they is... Just, they just announced... I don't think it's their next pay-per-view, but in September, they're running the 9,500-seat the Orleans Arena in Vegas for Death Before Wow, December. wow, wow. Yeah, they're, they're moving up. They're not doing Sam's Town anymore. So, like, this is a thing. This is, at least production-wise and look-wise, this is a new era for Ring of Honor. It's also interesting because they are not completely going unopposed. Um, the CEO Gaming... Uh, co- conference. I I don't know exactly what CEO is. I know they run Florida every year. They're doing something with New Japan because New Japan's having a video game come out, and they're putting on a show. I think it's on Twitch, and that's going to involve some big matches there for with New Japan guys. This on Friday. Ke- What's that? This is on this is this weekend or this is this is this weekend. Yeah, this is Friday night. Really? Yeah. This is. I mean, the main event is the Golden Lovers against Naito and Hiromu. Like. That's oh, a big man. match there, and yeah, it is going to be live-streamed. Okay. So it's not completely unopposed. So this is going to be interesting. Like, okay. it, it's a night. It's a whole it's of night for wrestling, that's for sure. And um, so if they get good numbers, you know, viewership plus the good numbers in attendance. And from what I've heard, they, they're doing pretty well both for Friday
0: and Saturday night. This
2: is a very big weekend for right Saturday ball night
0: right. being at uh, in Fairfax at yeah. uh, Eagle Bank Arena. But that's not that's not a, a, a pay-per-view. That's not taping. No, it's,
2: it's, it's a TV taping. But okay. I've heard already that they're they've sold between like 25 and 3000 seats.
0: OK, that. I mean, that's for a TV taping. That's pretty good, right? Like, yeah. you know, you accept that it is, you know, what it is. It's not you know, a, a marquee event, but yet... And that's what I said. I, I don't. They, they haven't announced, basically, any of the matches. Right, right. And I had said to you, I didn't think that it was imperative that they sell out. Like, the fact that it was in a 10,000-seat venue, I didn't think that was what they thought they were doing. I thought they would try to turn Eagle Bank Arena into a venue that felt a little bit more intimate, that just happened to be the venue that were, they were using. But we see this all the time now, where, where people might use a venue, it's the venue they can get, even if it's not the right venue for them. Right. And that... You know, there's a lesser cost for getting it for the night because the folks at like George Mason aren't expecting a ten thousand. You know, I mean, there's
2: a very good chance they'll curtain off like half the arena, and that means that you don't
0: have to have as much staff for the event. It means that you don't have to. There's things that you can do to make it more economically viable, and and yet you can still have the building. So that's interesting. That's really interesting. Yeah. Um, all right. I want to do two other things. I, I I didn't want to make this a full quick count, but what the hell, we're gonna end up doing it. The the television information is now official for for WWE moving yep. forward. We know it's been finalized um, that Raw will be still on the USA Network on Monday nights, and that SmackDown will move this fall to uh, not this fall. Oh, sorry, the fall of 2019. Thank you uh, to Fox, the Fox Network, starting then. Um, it's a boatload of money. It's everything that we've said that it's going to be. Uh, they've just sort of confirmed all of it at this point. Yes. Um, the the
2: only interesting thing, and I don't even think it's really all that interesting, but I did notice this. Uh, they they released two different press releases, one for Raw, one for SmackDown. They use the term flagship for SmackDown. They didn't use the term flagship for Raw. Ooh. I don't think that necessarily means anything,
0: well, but it's interesting. interesting. No, that's definitely interesting. And when you're paying that much money and it's network TV, maybe that's part of what they're saying is that that's what you're going to get now. This is going to be the we're going to openly admit that this is the show. Um, whereas in the past they've said that about Raw. That's 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 interesting. That's very. We still don't know some of the things that we talked about before. With two different networks now, it will be really interesting to see how much they lock down. You know, would John Cena just be allowed to show up on either show?
2: And and I assume that's what they're going to do. The other possibility, it's interesting because I don't think, you know, I don't think they care Seth Rollins versus Kevin Owens, who they have. They do care about Cena. They do care about Ronda Rousey Rousey, and Brock Lesnar. So I think that either they may just make those like true top guys free agent or the the one interesting thing. I wonder if they make it so title holders can float and then they just put the titles on the top guys.
0: Um, that is interesting. I, d- I don't it, know. it
2: seems like the easiest way, like without destroying the brand split, if you just had one champion, and you know you've had John Cena be champion, especially at the start of the split, and let him float.
0: Like I hear you, but I just I think I think if you're paying somebody a billion dollars, you're saying to them, I want to make sure that my network is the only place where you can see this particular person. But but then you
2: run it. Who who gets.
0: Well, I understand that, and I think it's based on how much you paid. Like, I think there's some agreement. But they're
2: they're both paying. I mean, no, they're both paying a lot of USA's money. paying more. Right. Fox is paying more per hour. Right.
0: So but. what what I would say is, I think that there's an agreement that's set that says may, maybe it's the networks that draft. Right. Like maybe that's the way that it works. But I I do think that whoever you could end you up could you imagine having, if we got real TV executives? Oh like my they, god! Oh my god! How I'd amazing so would that all be? It, it would be incredible television programming. That if would they be could do that. the biggest thing ever. Obviously, it would like, never happen. To, but to
2: get to get true, like okay, who's viewed as the top guys? Right.
0: Correct, correct. Oh my god! It would just be absolutely scintillating. But no, unfortunately, we're not going to be that lucky. Um, what I'm saying is, I think wh- whoever it is, once you get them, it's just important that that you can't. You, it, you have to tune into Fox. You can't tune into USA on a Monday night and see that person. Whoever it is, and I, I get what you're saying, which is, well, who is it? Okay, whatever it is, whoever the people are that you get, I think the important part to you is that you get them. You can't, you have to watch our show. You can't tune in somewhere else and see that person. It's 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 whatever it is. You know, it's split up. But in whatever but but do way. you
2: say, But then you're saying also, I'm okay with not getting these other people.
0: I under, I think exclusivity is more valuable. I, I think that's what we're seeing right now. Like that's why they want live programming. I think the notion of being exclusive is more valuable than just getting someone for a short amount of time. I think that the the know for certain that whoever it is, whether it's John Cena, whether it's Ronda Rousey, whether it's whoever. Um, that you're the only one that's going to have that person, I think is extremely valuable. Also, it wouldn't stun me at all if particularly in the Fox deal, they said it has to be Ronda Rousey. Remember, this is the network that had the UFC, um, and this is network TV. It wouldn't stun me if they said, we'll pay this amount of money, but we're getting Ronda Rousey that's the way it's going to go like we think that she is the star of stars if we can't be guaranteed like USA can have Roman Reigns he's a big wrestling star but we're getting Ronda Rousey that's what we're getting in the deal it just wouldn't surprise me at all if that was the way that it went yeah
2: I just you know how does USA react to that <laughs>
0: again well, I mean, they it, are paying more money right I hear you and it, I, I, I think it really I think it might very well be that, that they were told hey look we're going to maybe they were presented here are our tier one superstars each show is guaranteed to get three tier one superstars right right each show is guaranteed to get five Tier 2 superstars, right? Like, something along... Right, keep, keep it completely,
2: we're going to keep it balanced. Right,
0: like, this is I what mean, the, the, kn-
2: the question is, who's the tier... I mean, you know, it, it's funny to see, you know, there's... We, we talk about, you know, some of the big stars, but as far as I can tell, you know, just numbers-wise that we can prove, like, it, it's Ronda, Brock, and Cena.
0: Right, and two of those are part-timers, or, you right. know, in, in Brock's case, maybe a no-timer. Right. Um, I hear you. I, I would think that if one show gets Ronda Rousey, the other show gets Roman Reigns is what I think that the answer ends up being. And, and are they okay with that is the question. Um, It might be that they've been told that they're going to alternate years. You know what I mean? Like that's just right. the way it's going like, to be. And, and like, that might be is that we see, you know,
2: faster switching with some of these big stars. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. I don't know. But it, it's it's going to be fascinating. Yes. And, and the funny thing, we're, we're in this, what, 16-month waiting period now? Where you're going to start to see them put things into place, and we're like, oh, that's being put into place for you know sure. for down the line sure. here.
0: Sure, looking ahead, uh, no doubt.
2: Yeah, it's, it's going to be fascinating these next uh, sixteen months.
0: All right, before we wrap up, I need to know why you have never told me about Juice Robinson. We've talked about Juice Robinson. There's no chance that we've actually talked about Juice Robinson. There's we've, we've
2: absolutely. I mean, first of all, you, you know might who have. He is, you right? might have.
0: What do you mean? Do I know who he is?
2: What are you talking about? Th- this- He's He's been on NXT. No, yeah,
0: he was... Uh, right, CJ Parker. No, I okay, do know that. Yeah. I know that. No, I
2: mean, we've we've talked about him when I've talked about the G1 or talked about New right, Japan. Right, okay, yes,
0: you've, like, brushed over him. You have not said to me why it is that Kevin Owens would have tweeted out that he's the best promo in all of professional wrestling. <laughs> to be and, fair, that's
2: a fairly recent development. And He and hasn't I, gotten a lot of promo time before this. Okay, but, well,
0: yeah. I, I want to thank, uh, after <laughs> Kevin Owens sent out that tweet, I was directed to a few Juice Robinson promos, and... Yeah. Holy shit, they're good. Like, for example, this one that I was directed to.
3: What's that look like to you? What's that look like to you? I'm no doctor. (laughs) Definitely not a doctor. That's a broken metacarpal. That's what that is. That's a broken metacarpal. Okay, Jay, guess what? I got 206 bones, motherfucker. 206, I think. I might be wrong. Good thing I don't have Twitter so nobody can let me know. Yeah, 206 bones, you broke one. I still got 205. I know what you're doing. I never said you weren't smart. You're smart. And you're a badass. You know that's how I'm with my matches. I punch motherfuckers in the jaw and then I hit him with pulp friction. Well it doesn't look like I'm gonna be hitting pulp friction anytime soon. After a left hand anyways. Guess what, dumbass? I've rolled up Kenny Omega. I've rolled up Big Mike Elgin. I can roll a motherfucker up. Just like I can hit him with the left hand of God and hit him with palm friction. You're smart, Jay, but your heart and your nuts, they're little small, shriveled up pieces of shit. I'm all heart and nuts. Heart in one broken hand, nuts in the other, motherfucker. San Francisco? Woo! <laughs> San Francisco! I'm an American! That's an American belt. It's in America. On America's birthday. You ain't an American. Kenny Omega, no offense, you're not an American, too. You know who needs that belt? An American. Guess what? I'm next in line. I'm going to be coming into San Francisco red, white, and blue. Sparklers shooting out of my nipples and launching bald eagles out of my ass. That's right. (laughs)
0: <laughs> god i love this guy i mean he's wonderful i am so all in i'm so mad that you didn't tell me how great he was oh my god he's amazing and thank you to you Kevin gotta start Owens. you gotta
2: start actually listening to me when i'm talking well, I mean, you don't, your you eyes don't go that over.
0: you you don't walk in when you walked into me the first time about grado did i listen to you if you tell me specifically, you must see this person. I will give it time. And when Kevin Owens said best promo in wrestling, and it was a dude I had, I, I was like, I don't know that I've never heard a Juice Robinson promo. I said, I'm damn well gonna find me one. And when <laughs> I did, I said, Oh, oh, that's marvelous. Yes, it, so it's wonderful. Um, I, I also kind of need to uh, Juice Robinson on the show somehow. We need to make that happen. We need to. It's make- tricky. He lives in Japan. Well, he's going to be in America next week, right? I'll, I'll see what I can do. I got you, Dr. Shelby, motherfucker. You didn't got, get Dr.
2: Shelby. That I got a you, great Dr. Dr. Shelby. You I
0: think it's your turn to maybe come up with one for me. I need a Juice Robinson fix on this show because he's amazing. But yeah, that's uh, pretty high praise from Kevin Owens that he oh, tweeted yeah. that out about uh, Juice Robinson best promo in wrestling. And he might be right about that. He might be. I, right.
2: That was a wonderful promo. <laughs> yeah,
0: that was really, really good. All right, um, uh, let's get in the plugs. Uh, obviously, if AJ were here, he would tell you to check out uh, 69, his uh, mixtape, which is available right now. If you go at AJFrancis410 on Twitter, uh, all of the information is in right there. He's got a link to all of his tunes. He was as, on
2: Good Morning Football this yeah, week, Yeah,
0: man, I'm really, oh, man, I'm really sorry because he, dude, did you see his thing with Steph Diggs?
2: I, I saw a little bit of it. Yeah. It's
0: it's turned into a meme. Steph, yeah, I saw Steph respond. So he he asked, he called out Steph for like not having a barber, <laughs> and Steph like turns his head, and it's just it's really great. I mean, AJ did a great job on uh, Good Morning Football this week on the NFL Network. Yeah. that was cool to see. Obviously, um, uh, that you just support him, and uh, if you do, if you get a second this week to send him a note, um, I'm sure it would mean the world to him. I I know. He makes fun of wrestling fans, and he hates wrestling fans. But if you get a second this week to just shoot him a note on Twitter, I'm sure it would mean a, a great deal to him to hear from you guys. And we continue to think about AJ and his family after his mom passed away this week. Just uh, all the love in the world to, uh, to him and to his sister and what they're going through. Um, and also uh, support the Francis Sports Academy, as always. Aaron, you're on Twitter? At the Aoster. The show's on Twitter? At Dropping Out Show. Our email address? Jobby Show at gmail.com. Baltimore Sun Rolling
2: Stone. Um, I'll have some stuff about Ring of Honor. I'm definitely going Friday. Are you going Friday? I dude I, yeah,
0: I told you. I'm down. Yeah. I'm down to go Friday. All right,
2: all right. So we're going Friday. So by the way, as always, if you see us.
0: Buy a Spears.
2: We yeah, always appreciate yeah, that. Yeah,
0: actually, and, and actually get to buy Aaron extra because I'm in this like weight loss kick right now. So like, There we
2: go. So buy me two, buy him zero. That's y- exactly yeah. how it should work.
0: I'll be drinking again for my pig roast next Saturday. That's when I will be drinking again. That will be Excellent. the next time you see me consume some alcohol will be next Saturday. It'll be a day long. If you did not get an invite and you're like, hey, I thought we were tight. Um, just let me know. This isn't like an offensive. I just I, it, to invite people like on Facebook is crazy. I'm throwing a party, and if you're surprised that uh, you don't know anything about it, just message me. I'd love to have you out uh, for our annual event, which is uh, just the best day of the year. It's just a magical. It, magic. it, it's truly fun. Yeah, it's it's a great day, and uh, if we don't change the formula, is pretty simple every year. Roast a pig, play some can jam, play some slip cup. Doesn't pretty easy. Pretty hard to beat. It, and that. if you don't know what slip cup is. Um... Yeah. I mean, it's a slip and slide with Flip Cup. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Not beating it. All right, uh, I'm at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter and GlennClarkRadio.com is my website. Thanks again to, um, really a huge thank you to Dr. Shelby. That was so cool. That was great. So cool, Michael Aspinwall. I, I, I
2: was kind of hoping it would be entirely in kayfabe,
0: but I mean, you know, I wanted to show him some love. He's an yes, actor. of that's course, to make of course. It. And it also, I great, wanted but... I wanted to be able to talk to him about being Dr. Shelby. Yes. So, um, uh, Michael Aspinwall, huge shout out to him, and also a big shout out to John Morrison or Johnny Defiance. Go check him out at Defy on July 13th. For uh, Aaron Oster and for the main event, vent, 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 A.J. Francis of the New York Giants, I am Glenn Clark. This has been Jobbing Out. Jobbing out.